Welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I'm Darnell Haney, head coach at the Great Jacksonville University, home of the Relentless Women's Basketball Program. I'm joined by the OG Kenny Brooks, uh, head coach at Virginia Tech. My brother Terrell Robinson, head coach at North Carolina AT. And today we are joined by my other brother going into his seventh season as head coach at the University of Houston, Ron Huey. How we doing, fellas? You know it, brother. Ready right, to go, ready to go. Huey on the bike. We got Huey today, <laughs> man. <laughs> Huey. You know, you know, listen, listen, Huey was supposed to be on the first episode, but we had some some difficulties. <laughs> they had some difficulties. They like they're two years old right now, ain't they? Little man had to get, get to bed, man, and, and, and he couldn't <laughs> come on. But at the same time, we appreciate you being on, man. T-Rob, today we're going to start with you, boss. I know, I know we, we've been able, as a, as a program, we've been able to go into phase two of workouts. Um, so we've had our full team in um, two days this week. Um, where are you guys in this process and how has it been going for you guys? The exact same thing. We're in the phase two. Um, this week we had everybody together, which was good, you know, to put everything that we worked on in groups together. And, um, and just, you know, the energy is different as well. Everybody's going hard, so on and so forth. It's been good, man. This has been, it's been a, a challenge. But I think, you know, to the advantage of everyone is able to bring their kids in right now. It only helps you as we transition into the school year as far as, you know, with this pandemic still going on. Exactly. Coach Huey, how's it been? Uh, it's been tremendous for us. You know, we were one of the first ones to bring our kids on campus back in June. And um, they had four weeks of just voluntary lifting weights and then going into getting an hour in the gym um, in groups of four. And we carried that over. The thing that's been different for us, we didn't uh, phase it like that. We were uh, able to be able to go um, four days a week in our four-man groups and then on Fridays do a team practice because we were testing on Thursday and those tests came back on Friday morning, everybody was negative. So we were able to do a team practice on Friday. Nice. So tomorrow will be our third team practice. And then next week we'll have one Thursday and Friday because we're going to test on Wednesday. So it's been, been really, really great for us. You know, it's been a challenge, you know, first time having 15. So that's the thing I want to bump out to some of y'all, you know, I, I always play with nine, man. I mean, I'm going to get it. You know, maybe 10 or 11, and, and you knew those 10 or 11 weren't going to play or play limited minutes. And so uh, we, we're talented from top to bottom, and it's going to be uh, pretty pretty tough trying to get, you know, a consistent group that's going to come and play each and every day. And hopefully uh, I can have a good rotation um, just battling in my mind how to get 15 through drills and all that kind of stuff through practice, man. That, that's going to be something new to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Coach Brooks, how's it been going for you guys? Where are you guys at? Anyway, first of all, you can't give out all your answers in one uh, one question. <laughs> damn, yeah, damn, Huey. <laughs> you went down to your rotation and everything else. <laughs> yeah, you, you know I'm new, man. I'm new. Question. Just follow T. Rob's uh, his his way, then do it his way. You'll be all right. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, D, we, we're, uh, we're saying we're in, we're in phase two. Uh, it's been good to uh, amp it up a little bit, get to a different uh, different atmosphere. Um, I, I'm more of a – I like to do a lot of skill stuff right now. 
Mm-hmm. And for us, we've kind of taken it slow, and we talk, we've talk. we working on, like, footwork, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get kids comfortable with certain moves and what they like so they can start perfecting it. You know, this is the time that you need to start working on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with so much uncertainty, man, when we're going to start, how it's going to go. You know, we're, we're really just really diving into, you know, just the little things with the kids, uh, working on stuff. Because we didn't have – we went so long with nothing with them. You know, yeah. we didn't want to just jump in anything. So we, we kind of taking it slow, doing a lot of footwork, watching the kids, man, watching their bodies get stronger because, you know, when mm-hmm. they were home, they thought they were lifting, but they weren't lifting, you know, and exactly. exercising. Exactly. Stuff. So we're really watching that, getting the kids back in shape, taking it slow as far as, you know, the actual team stuff. But I really like this time because we can get in with each and every kid and work on certain things. They love it. They love working on the games, getting better, mm-hmm. uh, and just the atmosphere, the – just atmosphere that the everything that they're doing they're doing it with so much you know joy it's been a lot of fun and you know and the crazy and, and what you're saying is like an appreciation all that time off exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's like getting that getting that access back they're excited about it yeah yeah well, nobody's yeah. complaining about that extra sprint they got to do right <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna say man they 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 miss it it's, yeah. it's like it's like they didn't get an opportunity to do it for so long man that they miss it and anytime you looking forward to something like that. We had our first team workout this week and then they were just so excited about it, right? Now they looked like crap the first day, but they were excited about it. They came out and played hard, but um, that's a good piece as well. We go, we're going into, we do two individual sessions and two team workouts. That's what we did this week. Um, and we are able to really focus in on a lot of the little things too and get a lot of our concepts and our vocabulary and terminologies together with our group. And mm-hmm. um, it's different when you got another person out there with you that you have to play off of. So, um, and that's defensively and offensively. So we're, we're, we're taking it slow and we're trying to just get our culture set and um, get our terminology down so they know what we're talking about when we're talking about it. Because we got six new players. So that's going to be important for them to understand who we are, what we do and how we do it. So um, it's been good. Coach Huey, yeah, your program man has made huge strides the past six years, man. The thing is, this is this is the thing. Watching watching this, you know, podcast and listening to this podcast are a lot of uh, young aspiring coaches that want to hear success success stories like yours, man. Um, tell us about your journey and what you think helped set you apart um, on your journey. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it, guys. You know. I think the thing that set me apart was wasn't afraid of work, man. And I wasn't afraid to, when I was with my head coach and I was at Susan, go get my coffee, you know, and I was with C. Viv, um, take me recruiting or drive me to Vegas or Atlantic City or, you know, whatever it is that need to be done, I was willing to do. Um, from at South Carolina State, you walk in the door, you're the recruiting coordinator, film exchange, you got to handle all the player development and put the practice together. You know, so whatever they threw on my plate, I made time and I sacrificed for that. You know, so all my friends that I had before I started on this journey, you know, that 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 list got smaller and smaller and smaller because I made the sacrifice and doing the things necessary to be successful and, you know, gained that tunnel vision. Um, the second thing was creating relationships, you know. You know, it's not to the point to where you want to be uh, have an ego with what you do. Mm. But, you know, I tell people all the time, I met Dwayne Stevens at Michigan State because I called Tom Izzo 21 times for a rebounding drill. 
And I never got Tom, but Dwayne and I are really, really close to, to when his father passed, you know, I called him, you know. <laughs> but it's stuff like that, you know. It's just seeing something that you want, you want to be a part of, or you want to grow. And, you know, it, it's just like when Kenny kicked my butt at the um, Panama, when we was in Panama, or where were we? Port um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, exactly. Oh, yeah. he remember that. He remembers that. You remember that? Yeah, remember that? Oh, yeah, exactly like you, like you don't remember nothing, but you remember that. <laughs> he had the girl from Essence, man. She was scoring about 60 a game. Yeah. You know, he, he had a great team, man, and they all played together. They were all dogs. And when the game was over, I asked Ken, I was like, Brooks, man, how do I get to where you are, man? And he said, well, you don't have enough gray hairs yet, man. And you you got to get some more gray hairs to get there. And basically what he was telling me, you got to go through some stuff to get to a certain point, to get to earn the right to get here. You know, and so that's the same thing my high school coach always told me. You just don't see people on ESPN and all that and just think that just happened for them. Exactly. Yeah, you have to work and get to that point. And I just think the work ethic and the consistency is the thing that helped me get to where I am now because, you know, every no you get, you're closer to a yes. And I've got plenty of those in my life, man. So I just keep fighting and keep striving. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, Coach Brooks, you just hired a new staff member, man. Great hire, I might add. Um, Congrats, yeah. Tell us about that process, man, and how tedious a task it is. And I know each each one of you guys have uh, hired a new staff member or are in the process of hiring a new staff member. So talk to us about how tedious that process is and um, just making sure you have the right fit when you when you when you're doing that. You you just hit it right on the head. Uh, it's fit. Mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, when you aspire to be a head coach and and you you guys know as well as I do, hiring the hiring process is way more difficult than people give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And because uh, you got to go out there and when we when we have an opening, you know we get flooded with emails, phone calls, uh, resumes, people calling you that you hadn't talked to in a long time. Uh, people who will get mad at you when you don't hire that person or hire or give them a look. Uh, so it's a process, man, that, that you can't take for granted. And it's not always easy because when you go to hire somebody, all right, when you go to hire somebody, you want that person that Huey just explained, who just described. Mm -hmm. that, that person who don't, who care, okay, they might bring you coffee. Not because you're trying to be better than them. Maybe they're trying to take something off your plate. Exactly. You know, somebody that, that will do something for you and uh, and now as we get older, you know, the generations more, they're almost like that's beneath them. Mm. You know, that's beneath them. You know, my first job, I, I made $10,000 a year with no benefits working for Lefty Giselle. Mm. And you know what? I made it happen. I was happy as heck to be there. You know, I wasn't going to him saying I needed more money. I needed to prove myself, prove myself. It was a great opportunity. So. You know, when I go and I look for staff members, I've had a lot of success with staff, with my staff. I have, I have six uh, former assistant coaches who are head coaches, who have been head coaches. And that's all coming from, you know, mid-major level. You know, so producing that, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with just the fit. And I've had, they, they come in, we want to get people who, maybe their resume isn't as glowing, but I got a vibe with them, you know. And one thing that we do as head coaches, when we're out on the road recruiting, all right, we're always interviewing people, whether they know it or not. Exactly. How many times are we watching, you know, assistant coaches and we're like, man, they're getting after it. Or how many times you look at somebody and say, man, that's all they're doing is talking. 
you know, and, and so we're always watching. So when we're looking out, and I went through this process, I didn't rush it. You know, I didn't rush it. I wanted to make sure that we got the right fit uh, because in this league, I need people who are going to help me, you know, beat the blue bloods, you know, and that, and that means we got to have great chemistry. We got to have great work ethic. We got to have something a little bit different and go after it. And uh, so we, we just hired a young lady, Lindsay Hicks. Uh, she was associate head coach uh, at Louisiana Tech. Um, had a long time to vet her, knew her, talked about her. She had a great presence. Been here a couple weeks, has been outstanding. Great addition, great addition. I, you know, I hit a home run with that one. I'm so excited about what she's gonna be able to do. Kids absolutely love her. Uh, and then we, we uh, actually had to hire another one. Uh, and I hired her and we, we're gonna announce it on Monday. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll announce it on Monday. Uh, but when you guys see it, I think you guys will probably say the same thing. You know, that's, that's a great, that's a great get, you know. So we're excited. You know, staff is great. Chemistry is great. You know, the kids are good. But uh, it's a tedious process, man. One that you have to take very, very seriously. And you have, you have to do your homework. You got to get to know people. And I think we as head coaches, sometimes we get, you know, we get disjointed from reality as far as assistance because we don't know a lot of them. You got, you got to make sure you do your homework and make sure you get somebody who's going to come in because that loyalty thing, man, whew, you, you got it because you're in the trenches with each other. You know, you're in the trenches with each other and sometimes, you know, things need to stay where they need to stay, but you know, you got to make sure you have a great staff that's going to abide by those, uh, that philosophy. No question. No question. Coach Rob. What's up? That last episode, Coach Brooks talked about how he was all offense. Right, and, and you were all defense, right? So um, my question for you is, um, you guys do a tremendous job of taking away what the offense wants to do, especially uh, in league, out of league, whatever the case may be. A couple of years ago, the NCAA and women's basketball, uh, they wanted to increase scoring, right? So they put in freedom of movement, all these different things, and the referee, the whistle was like this, and, and I know mm -hmm. physicality is a big part of what you guys do um, and being physical. Talk to us about um, how that affected your approach, if it did, if any, um, and defensively, and, and how you had to adjust once that happened. Well, I don't really feel like we, we had to adjust. You just gotta be a little bit more disciplined. You know what I'm saying? You gotta beat them to the spot. Now they literally have to run into you versus you impeding, that's the word they use, you know, the offensive player. Um, nothing really changed. I mean, because still you have a, a human that's the official that's got to make that call. You know what I'm saying? They got to see the call and make the call. And, and they're already not great <laughs> in, making, in making calls anyways. So you just kind of still just, you know, I, I didn't let it change as far as what we do. We just kind of educate our young women on what calls they're looking for, you know, like, uh, you know, post play. You know what I'm saying? We had to be better in terms of how we defend in the post. Um, hand checking, you know, we had to make sure that we address those things. But outside of that, we stay true to who we are. Uh, I'm going to say this, man. Kenny, he's, he's such a great offensive coach because he's also a great recruiter, man. He has some damn, like, like Kenny, can we see that, 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 that uh, hoodie you got on, man? That, that thing's hey. nice. Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that from, buddy? I got Ty Young. Look, when you got Ty Youngs, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna be you're gonna be great offensively. They're gonna they're gonna make oh, you look what? good. They're gonna make you look very good. You know, and then with Kenny, the way he likes to develop his players, you know what I'm saying, to develop them into pros, you know. So that's so for us, um, you know, it's it's different. I don't necessarily feel like we're gonna always land 
you know, that stud offensive player. So we got to grind it out. We got to create our offense. And we'll we'll get fortunate to have a couple of the young women that can put that ball in the hole. But yeah, until we're – Yeah. Until we can – they can I don't know. You gonna you got the name the bucket getters for me, man. You had one. You had one that if she didn't get hurt this year, she would. Oh had man, yes, absolutely, man. absolutely, nope. absolutely. I might might have had a ring this year. No question. But, um, but I just you know I just from who I was as a player and who I am now as a coach, I just you know I just believe that you have to work hard. You got to grind it out, and I feel like defense will always have you in games. No question. And when we talk about you know you got a a young a, a, a tie young and you got a. a um, you got you got an office you got offensive firepower like that. Um, Don sometimes, Evans. <clears throat> sometimes it's, sometimes it's uh, you play great defense and they still get buckets, right? And, and you can't do anything about that. But at the same time, when you don't have that, like you said, the best way to, to make sure you're a contender and you, you're going after winning games is being able to defend and being able to do that. I feel like everybody can do that. That's an effort and energy piece, right? Now you can be more athletic, but I feel like everybody can do that and give have an attitude and effort about defending. And I think, you know, and I think the, you know, myself, and I'm going to get on Huey real quick because this guy, man, when he was at South Carolina State, like, if, were, we, were we traveling partners? Yes. Back then, yeah. this dude, by the time I got into town, T, let me get that game so I can go ahead and watch it that y'all played and boom, 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 so we can scout. But it is just that important. And like Huey, I love the idea of trying to figure out, figure somebody out, you know, figure out their sets, figure out their favorite calls, figure out what to take away. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that is, that, that's exciting to me, you know, and that's what, you know, I tell my staff, you know, you got to be thorough in terms of um, how you recruit and how you evaluate a team. You know, don't, and I watch just as much film as them, so don't bring me no mess because I'm going to watch it. And if you miss a set, we're going to have issues. No question. No question. So, Coach Huey, in our first episode, we shared each of our first baptisms, my man. So, <laughs> so uh, Coach, Coach, Coach Brooks talked about quick math, that quick math you do when that score starts going up. And, you, and, and then – I, I I told the story of my my Kennedy Carter and Texas A and M nightmares um, from the, first, the, the the nights after I pl we played Texas A and M, and then uh, Coach Rob talked about a forty piece from UCLA and Monique Billing. Right, talk to us about that first or any baptism that was memorable to you as a head coach. Oh, I relive it all the time. <laughs> I, I can tell you about it. It was my first year. We lost 18 in a row. Ooh. Exactly. And so it's like you couldn't wake up from the nightmare. Mm. It, it, I mean, it, it started at game seven, mm -hmm. and it went 18 straight. Mm -hmm. And so when we got to 18, I just couldn't take it anymore because you just come from Florida State. You went to the NCAA tournament second round, and you just come from Texas, and you went to – and you're used to getting your bonus checks and you're used to people, y'all this and, you know, the seven, seven straight times in the NCAA tournament and you come and you say, I know this is a rebuilding job and everybody else tell you that and you think to yourself, but what if? But what if I can get them just to do this? And what if I can get them just to deny this here? And what if I can get this? And then that come to a head so quick when you get on the floor and you say to yourself, there's a reason I got this job. No question. And it was 18 in a row 
in the 18th game, I don't even remember who it was, but I turned, I didn't even talk to the kids when we got in the locker room and I punched the locker and broke these two knuckles right here mm. on my hand and, and just left. And so my first phone call when I got in the car on my way to the hospital was to call my high school coach, Coach Gates. Mm. And he's been with me since the seventh grade. My, my mom died at four, my dad walked away at six. So I was with my grandmother and my two other siblings and we grew up in a household. There was 14 of us in the four bedroom. Mm. So Coach Gates was my father. Mm-hmm. And so everything I gave to him and I called him and I said, I don't know if I could do this. I shouldn't have never took this job. I should have listened to other people. You know, and I had all these excuses and he just hung up the phone. Mm. And I called him back and he said, listen here. And he used the F word because he retired military over and over and over. And he used the F word at me so much, man, I hung up the phone. <laughs> I went and got my finger fixed, my these two fingers fixed. The next morning we had the day off, I called him back. And he said, from day one, I told you nothing is easy. How could you expect when you had to grind the way you had to grind to get to where you are, so you think you're just going to walk in and just going to make them winners when they've been consistently, because before I got the job, they won three games the year before, then three years, three games before that. So you going in thinking you're going to do this and all that, but that baptism of 18 in a row, yes. bro, you're talking about testing time, man. You know, my, my, my wife now, who was my fiance, she was like, I can't take this. I'm going back home. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, coming home, not sleeping. Um, I wasn't a big drinker, but I just walked the floor all night because, you know, right now during the season, I sleep about four and a half, maybe five hours of sleep. So that took over and I just walked the floor because you're trying to find, you're trying to fix it, mm-hmm. you're trying to fix it. But just like when you're in a boat, you know, you got one hole, you plug that and another one happened and you plug that and another one happened. But that was the major baptism that I had and that built that resilience in me, you know, just going forward, just to keep my eyes, you know, on the prize and have some tunnel vision, but 18 in a row. So I took the 18 and I put it up in my office as a reminder every day. No question. The reminder every day. Mm. I love it. I love it. Mm. Coach Brooks, there are two buzzwords that have been going on. They've been very prevalent in women's basketball too. Right, uh, and and one of them has been prevalent in in all basketball. The first buzzword that's been prevalent in women's basketball and 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 really all over is culture. Right, the next buzzword that I've been hearing all the time and and people always talk about is positionless. Right, talk to me about those two words, and we start with culture first. What it means to you and your program, and then we talk about. I, I want you to hint a little bit on um, a player you had a couple years ago, Reagan McGarity, that I would say was one of those positionless players, right? Um, talk a little bit about her and why she was successful for you and, and you guys. First and foremost, culture is not a myth. Mm-hmm. Reality, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot, everybody talk about it, uh, but if you, you don't have it, you won't be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's harder and harder to get because you're trying to get, you know, as Huey said, 15 or whether you got 13, uh, 
people to try to buy into one philosophy and not just them. You got to get their parents to buy into it. You got to get their, you got to get their handlers to buy into it. All right. And like, and I think you mentioned it last time or, or even time before that, and they all going to be happy right now, yep. you know, until about January, you know, and mm-hmm. roles are starting to define. And, uh, and now what, and now with the, uh, you know, the ability to be able to transfer is so easy. Um, it's different now. Yep. It's different. But I think the main thing, man, you, you have to, you have to have your philosophy. You have to have people that are going to help you instill that philosophy. Mm-hmm. You got to have a staff that's going to speak the same language that you're speaking because, you know, we deal with so much that we have to rely on people uh, with us to have the same message, you know, right. when, when, when you're not around. And, uh, and if you don't, you know, your culture, your culture will not exist. Mm-hmm. And you know, we went out last year. We had a tremendous year. We had a tremendous year. We were, we were 21 and eight, you know, about to go to the NCAA tournament, which they haven't done in 15 years here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we went through stuff building our culture to get to this point right here. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, we've all taken over programs. And that's one of the hardest things to do. Because yeah. you come in, you come in and you're changing these kids' temporary way of life, yep. you know, because you're doing things differently and you got to instill it. And, you know, sometimes they look at you and you can do 10 things right for them. You can do 10 things right. And the second you do one or two wrong, they, they forget everything that you've done for them. Right. So we, we have to tiptoe around it, but you still have to develop that toughness, that culture, that trust in order for you to go out and beat Notre Dame, in order for you to go out and beat Duke in order for you to go out and beat Carolina. You know, I mean, th- those are the things that I have to do. And I'm not going to do it because I got the McDonald's All-Americans. I'm playing against the McDonald's All-Americans. Right. And uh, we, you know, we, we played Notre Dame this year. And I remember looking, and they were about to jump the ball up. They had five McDonald's All-Americans out there on the jump ball. All right, we had none. Mm. You know, we had none. But I got to go out there and beat them. How am I going to do that? I got to establish my culture. So if you don't have that, if you don't have that, you don't really have a chance to be successful at the highest level. You know, and when I say the highest level, I'm talking about anybody's level who wants to be at the top of their league. Right. And win. Right. And uh, and that's one of the things that we, we've done. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I've pissed some people off along the way. Some people some people adore me. Some people don't like me because of what you've done for me. And Terrell was talking about this. You know, you, you might have 15 on a team. Maybe four of them going to call you in five years to wish you happy birthday. Yep. You know, because I've always said it, man. You got every decision I make. A third of the people are going to be extremely happy. A third of the people are going to be mad. A third of the people are going to be indifferent. But I got to do what's best for, for the program. And, uh, and I can sleep at, at night in doing so. And so we, we've, been, we've been fortunate. It's been a long haul for us. These first three years for me, the first two were, were horrible. <laughs> and they were horrible because mm-hmm. I had a thing on cruise control with James Madison. Right. My, my kids were, they were policing themselves. Yeah. And I came down here. It's like Huey just said. You know, I came here for a reason because they needed they needed help here, and I had to instill that culture. So that's very very important. And then talking about positionless basketball, man, you know, a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people are scared to step outside the box and live it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm not afraid to put kids in a position that they've never been in before if I think it's gonna it's gonna help us. And uh, you look at like a kid like a Reagan McGarity, you know, six foot three, skilled kid from Sweden. Uh, when I got here, she was a back to the basket player. Uh, but we watched her in drills. She could handle the ball. She extremely high IQ. Uh, and I just started putting her in positions that she was uncomfortable in in the beginning, but she picked up on it quickly. And before I knew it, before I knew it, she was playing point guard for me. 
I'm not saying, you know, she got a rebound and she pushed it on the break. No. We would get the rebound. They would pass the ball to her. She would bring the ball up the floor, calling the play, because she was my smartest player. Mm-hmm. I remember we played against Ohio State, and McGuff, you know, he called me after that game because she, she had a monster game on him. She coming down, running the offense, you know, doing everything, stepping out, causing nightmare, you know, matchups. And he called me. He said, what do you do with her? And I said, first of all, we, we treat her like a guard. She's in guard position split. Now put her in a post. We work on different things with the individual. She was very comfortable, high IQ, and she became a matchup problem. So when I talked to uh, Kurt Miller called me from Connecticut, and he loved her, loved what she was doing, her ability to do stuff. Uh, and she, she made us relevant. She made us relevant by playing positionless basketball because we didn't have that traditional post player that could go inside, go up against a mom premier you know, to go up against kids like that. But now what we did, because she was a positionless and she would come outside, she was a nightmare matchup for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it allowed us to win some games we probably shouldn't have been in, you know, but we, we, it was almost like our thing, our gimmick, our way to win. And uh, that helped us out tremendously. Now that I have a traditional post player, but I had, that's what I had to do with. And I like it. I like the five out. I like the, you know, ability to give a kid and they get excited about it but to give them ability to go out and play and do something that they're not normally uh, accustomed to doing. Nice, nice. So how how did you have to – so now you got a kid that's 6'6", freshman of the year in the conference, correct? Correct. And you got a kid that's a, more of a back-to-the-basket player, right? So you had to kind of adjust and tweak your system a little bit. How much did you have to tweak that or um, did you – if any? A lot, and uh, and gladly so, because <laughs> I mean, you know, I've I've never had a post player like that. Uh, kid is a sponge, valedictorian upper class, smart kid, knows all the plays, high IQ, and uh, so so the biggest thing that helped me was the kids realized how important she was to our success. They didn't mind throwing it inside. Mm. Asia Shepherd, Asia Shepherd, first team All ACC. She throw that thing. I, I had to tell her to shoot because she kept throwing it inside. Kept throwing it inside. That's so the kids funny. understood. The kids understood the importance of her and uh, what what she could do. But even though she's a traditional post player and back to the basket, does everything. Six foot six, you know, mobile. You know, we we we've, we've expanded her game. Mm-hmm. You know, last year I put her outside. She made her first three pointer in her life last year in a game. You know, in her life, never taken one. But I'm like, you know what? Let me see you shoot it. Let me see you shoot it. All right. And we worked on it. We worked on it. You know, it get to the point now. She's out there with the guards and keeping up with them and shooting contests. So my goal for her, I told her this year, you know, you're you're going to do some stuff on the perimeter. You know, little little ball handoff, roll, pick Mm -hmm. and pop. Uh, I told her, I said, you you're going to make 23s this year. I told her that you're going to make 23s this year. And so what we do, we work on it. She's six foot six. All right, yeah, you're inside, but you know, if you can you can hit that, oh, it's really gonna mess people up, you know. And, and so, so I'm I'm not afraid to give them that and work on that and allow them to be comfortable. You you, you know as much as I do, you give them confidence, they take it, they're excited, they're gonna work on it, and they're gonna play hard on both ends when you do yep. that. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep, culture and positionless. T. Rob, talk to us a little bit so, about culture, man. Well, it's something that you got to demand, man. You cannot, um, you can't let up in terms of your expectations. You know, um, as you know, Kenny talked about us taking over a program and wanting to find success. Like if you take shortcuts, you're not going to reach it or you're not going to reach it as quick as you need to. 
Right. Uh, but you know something that, that's, that's crazy and it goes back to, you know, uh, something Kenny said, and this is a mistake that I made, you know, during my time, is that once, when I inherited this program, they weren't my kids, right? So I was demanding, you know, expectations, so on and so forth. And then when I got my kids, I didn't realize that I did not, I didn't have to necessarily demand that much. They was already sold on me. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and, it, and, it, and it, it impacted, obviously, the, the process, you know, and I had to, hold on, these kids, they already sold on you, man. Why are you, why are you yelling about that? Just say it, say it at a, at a certain temperament, you know what I'm saying? So I had to, I had to learn that, you know, because um, once you've proven yourself, and once you sold the kids and sold their parents, you don't have to, like, when I first came in, man, the expectation, it was what it was. And if you didn't like it, bounce. That was, that was that's literally what I said. Right. But, you know, once you get your kids and you sign, you can't say that same thing. They were like, man, who is this dude I didn't right. sign up with? What in the world? He is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, I had to learn that. And even right now, we brought in seven kids. And, um, and I have my moments. But then I also have my moments, like, like they're so bought in, I just got in their tail and they still trying to hug me. I'm like, hold on, I'm not, okay, I'm gonna I'm hug you back then. Okay, so you do get it, you do get it. Right. You know, so that's when you know that you have established a culture and you, and you understand that, you know, kids are bought in and, and all you gotta do is now is give them direction and almost not mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, as far as the positionless basketball, I'm still waiting to get to Kenny Huey's level where I can actually get that player that can play no that problem. many positions at six three, say six three six six shoot threes and bringing it up, Kenny. Shit, I'm not there yet, man. I'm not. I'm not there yet, but I'm. I'm looking to get there. But you know, um, speaking defensively, though, um, you know, there's a young lady that we have that that came in from from Georgia Tech who, who I would consider someone that we can plug in different spots. You know, defensively, that's something that we like. Mm -hmm. um, picking up, you know, full court defensively, being able to switch. Um, you know, in different areas, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's, you know, in terms of our recruiting, what we've really been looking at, you know, not necessarily, again, back to that offensive piece. Yeah, we feel like we can do a good job of developing them. But if they have that athleticism, if they can guard multiple positions, it, it feeds right into who we are and what we're about. Right, right. Coach, you chime in on that, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's on you. You know, the thing that's, that's crazy is, you know, what there's – what Kenny and T just talked about with culture, I walked into a job and I was like, man, everybody was talking about culture, this culture, that. My thing was, man, get the best five players, put them on the floor, let them go play. And man, I quickly woke up and found out that that wasn't true. Right. Um, so I went to go talk to Coach Sampson. He had just got the job, just like I did. I think we were hired seven days apart. He had his press conference. And he said, my three non-negotiables, you will be on time, you will say yes, sir, and you will accept your role. If you don't want to do that, um, he said the same thing Bonnie Hendrickson said, change your attitude or change your address. From the press conference, the six best players on the team walked to the compliance office and said, I'm transferring. Mm. Coach Sampson said, call right behind them and say, grant them their release. Mm -hmm. So I went to see him and he said, I wasn't going to win with him anyway. They wasn't going to be bought in. So you need to start learning about culture. No question. And from that point on, I start to, 
you know, pick up a little bit more about culture and culture and culture. And, and, you know, like Kenny said, man, just trying to get them all on the same page because I was so much of, you know, player developer, recruiter. I was the one that the coaches came to and said, get this player to play, get her head, this and all this. And I was trying to do that as a head coach over my assistants. And that thing blew up in my face. Mm-hmm. Left and right, just because, well, Coach Ewing, you said I was supposed to do this. And Coach Ewing, you told me I was supposed to do this because I was having individual conversations when it should have been brought out in the open over everybody to buy in. Mm-hmm. But again, young and dumb and immature, trying to figure out the other way when it wasn't the right way. So I quickly learned about culture that way. And we've been on a good page of uh, turning it over and over and over. And and now I'm trying to get to that player-led team like you guys have. Um, I got uh, one senior and two, uh, one senior, one junior, and a sophomore that stepped up into those roles of saying, you don't have to choose us as captains. We already have the team following us. So that was mm-hmm. the other thing that helped me this year. And so things have been starting to roll that way. But for position lists, we always been that way because we run the dribble drive motion offense. So I, the, the best thing was so crazy when we have kids come in on a visit or uh, watch practice or anything and we line the chairs up on the side and they sit with their parents, whether they're guard or post, and they see 10 kids going one end, all the guards, and then they see two or three post players <laughs> on one end and they be like, huh? All of them guards? I was like, yes. They got to be able to do everything to do bring the ball up the floor. They got to be able to pass it. They got to be able to shoot the three. They got to be able to get to the basket. And they got to be able to do that from all four spots on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. They look at me and I got to compete with all of them. If you think you got to compete with all of them and you can't do it, this ain't the right place for you. Mm-hmm. But, and that's how, that's how we do it. But the motion is, is we, we go, my point guard diamond, I can put her at the four and she can defend just like anything else because we're up the line on the line. We deny people hard and we force 20 back doors a game. So I can say, Diamond, don't let them catch it. If they do reverse it, they're going to be 10, 20, 25 feet away from the basket. And now we're not letting the next wing pass go through because we're going to force a back door on that. And if you try to poster, now we're going to get into what Kenny Brooks, Kenny Brooks taught me, the pro switch, you know, on the backside. Because Kenny, I mean, he killed me with that. We were trying to wear horns, and they kept pro switching every time. And I was like, oh, man. So again, one of those film sessions that I learned. So that's what we do when people try to post my smaller, my smaller kids. But yeah, we've been positionless and I love it, man. But they go through all the stuff for if you five, six, all the way up to six, two, and you're on the perimeter. You know, I got two six fives now. Um, and I'm hoping they're they're worth, you know, what they can eat, you know. So right. <laughs> In a, in a six three, and they're the only ones on that post there, but everybody else is guards, man. And we, we go get it. So we're positionless all the way. Man, you you know what I learned? Um and T Rob, you you kind of touched on this a, a lot. When you get your kids in, when you go in and you're recruiting those kids, you're looking for culture kids, kids that fit you and kids that fit your program and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And if you're doing the right, if you're recruiting right and you're not trying to rush it, you know what kind of kid that works for you. You know what I mean? And, and, and I found out, I know what kind of kid that works for me. My staff knows what kind of kid works for me, 
right? Because my staff has been around. And another thing I had to learn too um, after that first year is I have to, and, and I, had a, I had a young staff, I have to give direction to them and let them be the head coaches of their situations that they have, right? So I got I didn't do a good job, especially my first year, I didn't do a good job of telling them exactly what I wanted and laying it out for them early so that they can go in and um, make sure everything was good with, with, with our group. Because, you know, like I say this all the time and I tell it to our recruits, man, like I'm a basketball coach, I'm a father, right? And uh, I'm a husband, but I can't teach them how to be women, right? So my staff is, tremendous, is tremendous for me because I, and I have it set up like that so that they can teach them how to be young women, regardless of the situation. So um, I think that culture is the habits, what we do every day when we walk in the gym, how we leave the gym every day, how we walk in a classroom, how we present ourselves in the airport. All of that has a lot to do with the culture. And as soon as that's spotted, you know, I didn't tell my staff that first year, that needs to be nipped in the bud because I ain't going to be everywhere to nip that in the bud right then, right? So when you get your staff um, engulfed in it and, and they buy into the culture and they already in it, I think it's, it, and they have, they feel like they have the um, authority to nip that in the bud and they ain't got to come and call you all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I think that helps with the culture as well. Like sometimes I, I heard you say it, T-Rob, you like, uh, you need to call coach, right? They come, a, a player might be called, a player coming to me about something going on with housing. You better call Coach Bree. Coach Bree do housing. <laughs> you, you know, don't 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 call me because I I don't have the answers for you. She has it, but she but Coach Bree knows what I want and how I want it done. So um, I think that's a huge piece to to culture. Everybody plays a part in it, from the athletic trainer to your strength and conditioning coach. If she sees somebody with the wrong socks on, my strength conditioning coach, she needs to know, hey, she don't need to have them socks on, right? And, and I think that's the important piece, too. And, and the kids need to know, like you, like you said, T-Rob, when you're recruiting, the kids need to know that you care about them. They're going to buy in. Like, if they know that you care about them, genuinely, outside of them putting the ball in the basket, they're going to buy in. And you can um, push them as hard as you want. Correct. At that point. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct but they need to know. So um, I think it was great points by each one of you guys. I think all of that's important, man, because a lot of people don't know what goes into this job. They think they know. <laughs> huh? They think they know. know. They think they know, but they don't know. So um, I think all of that is important. So Huey, um, you and, and like all of us, put a huge premium on player development, right? I mean, I, I think each of us do that, do that. What have you seen out of the young women who you've coached that were big on the player development? Um, I remember we played you guys when you was at Florida State as an assistant, and we played you guys, I was I was associate head coach, and we playing, right? And it's the, it, it's, it's like 29 to seven, y'all getting ready to pull off on us, right? 29 to seven. Your turn around, look at me. She's like, "What quarter is it?" 
I swear it was the fourth. <laughs> Start doing that math like Kenny. Start doing it. <laughs> we got to get the halftime. But um, you had some 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 players um, in that group, and, and a lot of them were big on developing themselves. And one of the players that you had um, with that group was Natasha Howard. Um, how much of a a, a player development? Um, how much of what her game has become? goes towards player development? Um, I, I think 75% of what she does now came from that. Mm. Um, before I got to Florida State, she was um, running rebounder, mm-hmm. sprint, get layups, that kind of stuff. Uh, they would try to post her up, but she was so light, and it was, she would get pushed off the block. Mm-hmm. Um, she would catch it at the high post, and her shot, she shot it over the top of her head. So. Mm. They didn't have a whole lot of trust in her doing that, and she would travel sometimes from the high post. Um, so when I came in and I asked her how great she wanted to be, she said, I come from nothing. I want to make it to the league to be able to help. And so I said, if you want to do that, meet me at 6 a.m. and we can get to work. And she looked at me and she's like, 6 a.m., why not 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock and all that kind of stuff? And I said, it's called sacrifice. Yep. You know, so she said, I'll be here. And, you know, the thing I can say about Tosh, never, never said one word back, everything I did with her. Uh, and, and, you know, the one thing that helped me get in this game was training um, girls like guys. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody always, when I used to go to gyms and watch people, even some of these high schools I go to now is, you know, girls can't do this, girls can't do that. You know, you got to be able to show them this and, you know, around that. And I was like, nah, nah, it's, they're basketball players. Mm-hmm. So I trained Taj like a guy. So when I guarded the high post, when she ripped through and didn't stick me with the arm to create some space, I knocked on the floor. Mm-hmm. And she learned from that. Now she had to stick through and lower her body and stick me and then have her back foot to hold her position. So if I do come into her, now she can either be able to step back or be able to get a spin move because now I got momentum on to her. And so we went through those kind of things like that one-on-one all the time. Mm-hmm. And we went move, counter, counter, left block, move, counter, counter, right block, move, counter, 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 left elbow, move, counter, counter, right elbow, that kind of stuff to where we just start building it, building it, building it. And the thing with the shot, I just told her, you got this gun, you got friends that can come in here and pass it and all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to get in here and shoot. Well, I, I can help you with footwork and developing and focus and keep your body low and all that. But I'm not coming in here just to pass no balls and rebound for you just to catch it and somebody you're missing left and missing right. And you get your friends for that. You running all over the gym. Really good with that. And, you know, the thing I loved about it was the other one started to see, you know, from Ivy, Slaughter, then Big mm-hmm. Kyle James, and the rest of them, and they all wanted some too. And so to tell you a little story, we lost, we lost at Wake Forest. And we should have won the game, and I don't know why we lost. And so Florida State was the first place I came to where Sue said, 
the day off was a day off. Nobody could be in the office and all this kind of stuff and all that. And I ain't, ain't never been no place that said that now. <laughs> and, and so we lost. And I told Tosh, I see you at 6 a.m. And she looked at me and she looked at Sue. And Sue was getting in her car. And I said, I see you at 6 a.m. We just lost somebody. You know, stuff. She said, I'll be here. So about 7.30, we in there going through the workout. Sue came in and she was like, Huey, I said, nobody in the gym. Get out of here. Tosh, get out of here. And so I was so pissed. And I went home. The next day we had practice. And this was this understanding the head coach part of it was. And, and Kenny appreciate this because she came in. I'm so tight. I don't broke down the film. I got all this different stuff that we didn't do right. And I wanted to be able to show Sue and we get to practice and I'm going to help him. I'm in charge of the defense and all this. And Sue let me show her all this stuff. And we got to the practice floor and the girls start to warm up and I hear a food truck pull up on the side. <laughs> oh, I hear all these bells and bump, bump and all this stuff. And Sue got the man come in and give the girls ice cream. And we just lost now. We just <laughs> day off. All this, so I'm trying to understand, so I'm high. So, <laughs> so say, shoot free throws, eat your ice cream, and I'll see y'all tomorrow. Boy, it was hot. <laughs> oh. But you know what, Huey? You know what? Sue appreciated what you did. Yeah. Yeah. She appreciated it. She might not have used it, but she appreciated it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that, that was her way, and, and it would probably work. All right. She appreciated what you did. It went a long way with her. And sometimes, sometimes assistants right now, they might not understand that, you know, right. what you got to do for the psyche of the kid, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you yeah. old school. I, I, exactly, man. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Sue put me in the office and she explained it and I got it. But it's a, again, that happened to me at Rutgers too, because Coach Stringer said the Rutgers way is the kids have to go in there and work themselves out. Mm. So telling somebody who's a player developer, and I'm I'm trying to like understand, like I want to help them. So I'm sneaking in at night with Chelsea Lee and Monique Oliver, and we're going in nine o'clock at night, mm -hmm. nine to ten. I got one on one end, one on the other end. We're doing all kind of stuff. They both averaging a double double, and Coach Stringer come walking through the gym one night by ten o'clock, and called us. Not <laughs> one word. Just walked in, went to her office. Came back, waved her hand. We had practice the next morning at 5 a.m. Y'all know that. Practice for about four hours. She said, I want to meet at 4 o'clock. And when 4 o'clock came, boy, I think I got about that much ass left. <laughs> Wait, what the hell is this? I mean, for 45 minutes, gave it to me. Because you in this gym with them players, that's not the Rutgers way. That's not the culture of who we are, what I built, and what, oh, I mean, 45 minutes, and Coach Pointer and, and Carlene sitting there doing like, right here. Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. It, it's, it's just hard when you, like right now, when I got the job, Coach Ham told me, said, you're either going to have to give up player development if you want to be a great recruiter because you can't do both. You can't be there and go on the road and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was trying to do both the first two years and ran myself in the ground. You know, and it's, it's just so crazy, man. But 
when you get those kids that buy into what you want to do, when you talk about develop them, they'll run with it and they'll start to give to everybody else. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, I I, I stole a little bit from you, man. You know, we, we talk all the time, man, and you talked about how, like, it, it, it helped us tremendously. We won a championship because I would, I would come home, put my kids in the bed. You know, I live 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from the school. Put my kids in bed, I'd go back to the school and, and – and uh, get in a 20 minute workout with a red shirt kid. You know what I mean? Get in a 20 minute workout with a kid um, that didn't play the night before, right? And it helped us the next year because that kid was able to get better and grow, right? And people used to, I didn't know this and I wasn't doing it for it, but people used to see that, right? Especially on our campus. Yep. And I think it helped me when it came time for this job to come open, they knew the work that I had put in, right? And, and they knew the work ethic that I had. And and, and um, I think it, it was important um, to do that. So I thank you for that little tidbit of advice, man. And, and, I, and I remember to this day, man, I was I was talking to one of the players. Like, remember we had, remember we used to get up at 10? I mean, get, get, get in the gym at 10 o'clock, go shoot, go make sure we got better. And we would, again, we would have practice at 6 a.m. in the morning, but we had got in there at 10 o'clock um, to get better. So, um, I think that's, that, 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 that was key. I also remember you, and, and I, I was remembering it all the time because of our recruiting budget, you know, we got to drive, yeah, right? Exactly. So, you know, I go to Miami, I go to Miami with about five hours, watch a game, and then I'm coming back that night, yep. right? Because I got to do it. So, I'm pulling over on the side of the road. I'm at gas station. <laughs> take it, take it. Uh, what is the thing? You know, uh, five hours, right? But it, it, it was able to help us grow a program, man. And, and I didn't know it at the time. I was just trying to do do a job and help yo win, right? But at the end of the day, it, it helped me. So, um, I think that's a big piece, too. So now we're going to the next segment, man, y'all. Here we go. Skill of talent. Y'all ready? Skill of talent. <laughs> Here we go. Dang. Here we go. T-Rob, we're going to start with what up? you. What up? What's up? Okay. Skill of talent. Leadership. Leadership. Oh, man. It's a talent. It's mm -hmm. a talent. And it's a rare talent. Mm -hmm. It's a rare talent. It's a rare talent. Like, we're talking about, you know, culture. And um, the teams that overachieve, have leadership. And I mean leadership among their peers, the accountability, the voices in the locker room when you're not around, when you're, um, you know, when they're out and about, when they're at their dorms, their apartments, you know, the person that's policing them then, you know, those are the teams that, you know, that 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 go above and overachieve and not just win championships, but but make 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 uh, runs in the tournament. No question. I ain't made a run in a tournament. I won championships with teams of great leadership. I, no I know one of these, these guys down here below can, can tell, 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 tell me that I'm right about that, though. That's right. one thing I know for sure. If you got leadership and talent, obviously, and you know what I'm saying, and know-how, you're going to overachieve. No question. Coach Huey, leadership. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tremendous. I've had inconsistent leadership. That's why. <laughs> Skill or talent, Chief? Oh, talent, man. Skill or <laughs> talent? Well, explain it to me, man. Kitty. Kitty. Hey. Hey, we glad. You, you, we glad you're here, brother. We glad you're here. <laughs> I, 
I got to go with TSS and talent, man, because yeah. everybody don't have it, man. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where we've had inconsistent, you know, leadership, man, and I've had talented kids, man, but they hadn't had that talent of leadership, and we mm-hmm. failed. Mm-hmm. We were in a position to be in second two years ago, and down the stretch, we lost three straight games by one point at the end of the season, and all because of that leadership down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just simple as that. It, it's definitely a talent, man. Gotcha. Coach Brooke, skill up talent, baby. Leadership. I'm going to go back last week. We were, I'm going to be jumping all over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it's, a, it's a talent. It's a talent, um, but it's also a skill. I think it's a talent because you, you, can, you can lead and uh, you, can be a, you can be an influential leader, but you also can lead in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my players, you, know, you, you, can, you can lead in a very positive way, or if you choose to, you can be a very bad leader and have people follow you that way. So, so therefore, I think it's a skill to be a leader, to be disciplined and know that you have to do certain things in order for it to be a positive for your team. Okay. Okay. A little twist. Okay, Kenny. I like that. I like that. I like that. That was great support behind it. Because, hey, look, you know, I've, had, I've had some kids who, are, who lead and they'll run your program into the ground. Right. And that's a talent. That's a talent. People to follow you, but I think it's a skill if you know that sometimes you got to do something that you might not want to do for the better. Sacrifice, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I, I, I'm with I'm with all you guys, man. I think it's a talent, but I'm also with Coach Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can if you have um, just like we were watching the Last Dance, man, and, and uh, how how Phil Jackson was able to um, take Michael Jordan and, and, and kind of transform his way of thinking into being a better leader, right? Um, I, I think if you have a person with leadership qualities and, and you just give them some of the skills and, and, and some of the things that is going to help you guys be successful as a program, um, it can help tremendously, but overall, getting somebody to follow you when you come on with me—that's that's a talent, man. That's a talent, no question. So, all right, all right, here we go, Coach Huey. Yes. Here we go. Skill or talent? Basketball IQ. Basketball IQ. I'm gonna say it's a skill. Mm. Um, I've known many players, you know, that start out where they were learning the game or they come from different high schools, different settings and kind of build into put the time in, learn that kind of stuff and, and get better at the IQ. And, and next thing you know, you're following them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm definitely going to say that's a skill because that's something they can control. Mm-hmm. They can get in and watch extra film. They can get in and, cause you don't have to be the best. You just got to be a quick thinker, be able to understand things and concepts and, and, whatever the coach is asking for and be able to execute that. So it doesn't take a whole lot of talent to be able to do that. Right. Mm. Coach Brooks? Yeah. No question, huh? No, no question. You know, that, and it's kind of like, that was an easy one for me because that's the kind of way we want to go out and recruit. We want to go out and recruit skilled kids, skilled kids who have a high basketball IQ. And, uh, you know, 
it, it, it's gifted, but it's, but you got to work at it. Like Huey said, you got to work at it. You got, you got to understand it. And for me, we go out and uh, like, like you guys even mentioned too, in the recruiting process, you got to know what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I go out there and I'll see a kid and I don't care. I don't care what the, what the scouting services say. All right. I'm like, okay, does that kid fit what I want to do? Cause I'm looking for kids who really understand the game because you know, my man Terrell says all the time, he want to take away what you can do uh, from the defensive end. I, I love, I love to tweak stuff on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. I, love, I, I love to add a twist <laughs> here and there. I, I get tickled sometimes when you think we running this certain play because we called it out. And, and, and we added a little twist to it. And, uh, right. and it, it's so much so that I change up so much. And we film all of our, when I introduce a play, we film it all the time. So the okay. kids can on the iPad. And I'll go back, you know, a year or two years and I'll watch a game or I'll watch practice, whatever. And I look at my assistants, I'm like, what play is that? And they mm. said, Remember when we were playing such and such, you put that little twist in because you want to, to do that. And if you want to do stuff like that, you got to have high IQ kids who are skilled. Mm-hmm. So that's why I definitely think it's a skill. Now, before before you go to Rob, Coach uh, Brooks, I got a question about that. So the, the, the basketball IQ skill piece means they were, uh, it was taught to them, mm. right? So... How important is it um, where they played and the program they're coming from, um, high school and, and AAU ball for you? It, it, it's important, but, uh, you know, like a lot of people get caught up in the, uh, the, the, shoes, the shoe game. Like, the no EYL, you know, uh, my best players, man, we got them from small, small AAU programs, small AAU programs. Kitley, the big kid we got, mm-hmm. I, fo- I followed her around and we got her and her teammate. And uh, and Lisa Kunane, who was the who probably would have been the uh, player of the year in the ACC, they were all on the same team. Yes, they were. All, yes, the they were. <laughs> all on the same team, and nobody was there watching us really because they were all on the on the circuit, you know, watching them kids on the circuit. But I followed those kids around, man. I watched them, you know, call out plays. I watched them make adjustments. I watched them know how to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of kids like that. When uh when we when we started to get just like T Rob said, man, when we got those kids in that we wanted to fit our system, mm-hmm. you know, those kids that really were already bought in before they got to you, right? Those kids that run through the wall for you. And when you change something on the fly, they look at you like, We got you, coach. Mm-hmm. There's no questioning you. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to do that. And when you can do that, you 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 can you can mess some people up. You know, okay. you can mess some people up. And uh and and, and yeah, you know, I, I take pride in that. I love doing that. I love doing that. I know that we call out a play. I know you're going to switch it on it. I know you're going to do this. Sometimes we make you switch so we can get the ball where we want to get it to. Right. You know, right. but you got to have kids who understand what you're trying to do. Don't just go A to B to C. They got to know why they're going from A to B and why you got to go to C for the next one. And, and when you get kids like that, man, you can do lots and lots of things uh, on both ends of the floor. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you you know you got you got my brain going, man. You got my brain going. I got another question for you, but we're gonna go T Rob. All right. Nah, man. I want to hear Kenny and Huey some more. I support them. Skill. <laughs> hey, these guys around here talking, man. I'm around here, you know, I got my I got my phone right here on my lap. <laughs> yep, just keep talking, Kenny Brooks. Just keep talking. <laughs> talking, Huey. No, hey, it, it, it is it is without a question, like what both of them said. You know, it's a skill. Kid can get in and watch film. They can they can do their part to, to continue to develop. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Got it. Now, um, I, I think it's I think it's a skill, definitely. I think you can see a player that can develop within a program that may have not come in knowing um, as much as they know on how to react and play the game once they get in a program that um, that that kind of teaches that. Now, and and they buy into uh, watching film and they buy into um, just seeing the game. But my thing is, this is the only thing. I, you know, sometimes I go I go both. I have to stay on the fence, right? <laughs> My thing is this. So you, we've all had that player where we say something and they'd be like, huh? Right? But then you had that player that you say something, we're going to switch this. They're like, oh. Right? So is that just something that they see? Right? That other people don't see? You get what I mean? That's my question. Like, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes... Some of those kids just see see the game. Like I was listening to um, Kevin Durant, right? I was listening to Ke and he Kevin Durant is a he watched a lot of film. I understand that, but Kevin Durant is a basketball savant. Like he knows the game, right? But then there's some guys in the, in the NBA that don't know the game a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And they just super athletic and they and they they don't know the game. But there's some people that just know the game. Now, I need to I need to take it back because Kevin Durant played for some really really good coaches too, and he's been taught. So he played, you know, in high school, um, he went to, he was at Demasi, he ended up going to Oak Hill, right? Then he ended up played for Rick Barnes at Texas. So he he knows the game and he's been taught that. So, okay, I got it. But I just sometimes you like how you know that. You know, so it just, it just it just makes me think a little bit in, in any event. So, well, that's been good. It's been good. Well, guys, um, this has been good again. Um, Dang, I, is it that time? Is it that time? The time is my man. One question. I'm listening. I'm listening. What you got? I got a question for Kenny and T. All right. So, again, I'm always watching a lot of film and, you know, going down and, you know, defense is my thing. That's why mm -hmm. we went the system because I want to simplify things for my kids and, you know, things like that. And so, but on the offensive end, I'm still growing as a coach. So I'm watching stuff all the time. You know, mm -hmm. my wife, my wife said, we got to go to bed. So at 10 o'clock, we were getting to bed, <laughs> but as soon as she goes to sleep, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> And I come back in here, and I'm here till like three a.m. Right. So having a chance to watch your teams on offense, the thing I notice, man, and I want to see how y'all got to that point. Not even the sets or anything. It's just the roles. You can see certain people doing certain things, and they stay within those things. And I'm trying to get better as a coach with that. Mm -hmm you know, defining the roles, making sure they stay within those roles and 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 having some consistency with that. Because I, I can watch Kenny Brooks' team and you'll see on that pin down, she gonna set it every single time. It's gonna be right off the elbow, right there. Her feet gonna be square, sit like, you got to be on it every time. And then if the thing happened where she need to slip, she's slipping that, that kind of stuff. 
T kids, when they post up, when they get in there, come around, the other one who's supposed to flash high, she's dipping in to make sure the defense, she get her foot over the top of the defense every time and she's coming up, outside hand catch. And it's every time on all that stuff. And it's not just the fundamental stuff because the work on that, but mm -hmm. understanding them standing in the roles too because I seen T high post person be open and I don't know if she's not supposed to shoot the three or whatever that is, but she don't shoot it. She look high low or she putting that thing on the floor. And again, it's just y'all offensively have those kids in those roles, and I'm trying to get better at that. Mm. Really good question. Really good question. Well, for me, man, uh, you kind of hit on it earlier when you talked about your early days, and because uh, you, you're a player development guy, you know, as a head coach, you got to hit the road recruiting. Uh, you got you got to go shake some hands, kiss some babies. You got you got a lot of things on your plate. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, the most important thing I got to recruit. All right, but I'm a player development guy. I'm a player development guy. I get down in the trenches with my kids. I know what's good for them. Uh, we work on things uh, in situations where I know they're going to get their shots in a game. Uh, and then it's reps, reps, reps. And then once I know what's good for them, then I'll tweak, I'll tweak my offense to conform to that. You know, and my offense changes every year. Somebody might say, what's your philosophy? What's your offensive philosophy? I'm like, what year are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I'm going to build it around my kids and their strengths. And if they are, then we get down on the floor and we reps, 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 okay? That, and then they got to know why they're doing it. Why am I setting this pin down, all right? Yeah. Why, why, and why am I just doing it because I got to go from A to B to C? Or am I doing it so I can get this person open so that now my person has a hedge and now I can slip or I'll be open? And it's just reps, 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 reps. And so we talk about all this stuff and individual movements. What's a good shot? What's a bad shot? All right, I bet you I say five times a year that's a bad shot because we work on it in practice every day talking about it. I'm down there with them. Hey, that's a bad shot. Hey, this is your shot. So when we get in the game, they're free-flowing. Free-flowing. Mm. They know what's a good shot. They know what their roles are. They know, you know, why I'm doing something because if they know why they're doing it, they're going to do it a lot better than when they don't know why they're doing it. Right. And, uh, and so for me – that, that's just something I never will sacrifice. That's what I like. Y'all like defense. I wish I could come coach my defense. I can't stand it. But I do it. I do it. But I, but I like I like the offensive end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to, to Kenny's point, he's he's dead on. Um, you got to break it down, you know, or dummy it down. You know what I'm saying? In your guard post split, we do a lot of breakdown stuff for just the simple things, the duck in, which hand to ask for the ball. I told my group today, we did a basic three-person pass drill uh, yesterday and today, and I had to run them because I told them, I said, look, there are 300, 350 Division One teams in the country. Anybody could do these freaking drills. But right. the ones mm. – we always say give a target hand. Like those are the ones that finish those plays. The ones that just run down and being loose with the ball and not snapping it and not thinking it's important to make that pass right now. Those are the ones that they're going to be sitting home, you know, in March. You know, so then there's that level of accountability to be perfect. Yeah, you may not, you may not get to that point, but you got to shoot for it. That's what Kenny's talking about. You know, the better screen, the better read. The better screen, the better read. You set a great screen, the defense has to react to it. Now, you know, let's go to what happens when they react to it. Like, you got to you gotta put in the time, um, as we know Kenny does offensively with those breakdowns and, and all that stuff. 
but it goes back to that discipline, man, and demanding it and teaching the game. And I can I can imagine you, you know, with your dribble drive, how that can, becomes with, with that many people in those positions. You know what I'm saying? But I I know for a fact that if you, to Kenny's point, understand their strengths and get them to buy in to what their strengths are, it, it makes it so much easier. And it becomes a free flowing, and they look like a, a well-doing machine. I've always, this guy right here, this is head coach at Virginia Tech, man, when he, when his team run their sets, like they run them, like you can work on it, you can scout it, but damn it, they still going. And we tell our kids, because of, because of my time at BCU going against JMU, you have to guard them harder than they run their sets. If you don't, they still gonna get that shot off. Mm. It's yeah. just that simple. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Stuff, man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right, guys. Damn, we, damn is it over? What the it's hell? Over again, man. We, you know, we got to come back. You know, we got to come back. Huey, can we get you back, Huey? Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it, man. But I appreciate you guys. Twice um, a week, man. And let's do it. Let's do it. Listen. Um, thank you again. Um. You guys, if you need anything from my end, just reach out. Um, and and um, I know it's the same from everybody, guys. And uh, I appreciate you. And, and let's let's do this again. Hey, Dean, right, I, got, I, got, I got one question for you, in. I'm listening. All right, it's for all of y'all, kind of based on yours. All right, WNBA logo. Mm-hmm. She shooting a left-handed hook or a right-handed hook? Uh, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. The left handed, she shooting a left handed hook or a right handed hook? Left. Let's see. Somebody brought that to my attention. It's, it's like a month ago and it still bothered me. Oh, wow. All right, so, 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 so picture it shooting a left handed hook right now. Right. Yeah. All right, you got it? Uh huh. Like she's shooting a left handed hook? Yep. Nah, that's, that's oh. right hand. That's a that looked like a left-handed hook to me. Is she? I feel like it's her back facing us. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, hold on. Let me see if I can make this full screen. That's a left-hand hook, right? Yes, right, so, so you got her coming to us shooting a left-handed hook, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Now, now picture her going away from us shooting a right-handed hook with the same ponytail. That's rough. You see it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's rough. Yeah. Either or. Yeah, yeah. The that's the type. Down. That's the damn type of player I need. She look <laughs> like she's six three. <laughs> <laughs> right. In any event, man, y'all be up, guys. Anything right. let's do this again. Y'all stay blessed. We'll talk soon. All right, all right, guys.